Hey, welcome back to another episode of Lightspeed Lawn Care Marketing. I am sitting down today with Brian Fullerton from the Fullerton Unfiltered podcast, and we are going to be talking about raising your prices. One of the, the most important things you can do to keep your lawn care and landscaping business healthy is to revisit your pricing strategy and make sure that it still makes sense for where you're at in business today. So Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely, Cody, man. Thanks for having me on, brother. Excited to share and uh, see how we can help people grow. So kind of the first thing we want to talk about here is a, a mindset shift to think about why people are paying for your services in the first place. Well, that's a good question, brother. I will tell you, honestly, this is a tagline I think that we use, but I know, I think we borrowed it from X Marcus too, is a take back your weekends, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of time, like, yeah, people are paying to have their grass cut. <clears throat> but if you really break things down, I think it's a little bit more than that. They want to spend time with their family, free time with um, uh, you know, side hobbies that they want to pursue. At the end of the day, that's what you're really giving people back is the the freedom to not have to really worry about their lawn. And they can spend that time invested into things that are more important to them. Number two, you're giving them a professional cut or you know service that they might not be able to do on their own. Of course, everybody's cut their own lawn in you know America. But at the same point, Having somebody as a professional take care of it is a little bit different. It's the good old analogy, like we've all cut our own hair before, but going to a barber, they just do a little bit better job. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's the important thing to remember here is that you are, you're not just selling the the work, right? You're selling the feeling of not having to do the work, of the the time that they're reclaiming that they get to do something else. And so you want to make sure that you're you're leaning on that definitely in your marketing, but then consider would people be fine paying more for the same service because of what you're giving them, right? So if you're thinking about like just the cutting of the lawn and it's something you kind of enjoy, you're probably going to undervalue that a little bit. If you're the kind of guy who loves being outside, working with your hands, you're going to kind of undervalue it versus if I told you, you know, something that you really cared about doing, you'd be able to do with that time instead that is more valuable. And so positioning yourself in that way is going to get you out of the trap of like, well, we provide a quality service at a good price. You need to start thinking kind of next step. That's solid information. I think a lot of people should really spend the next decade of their life mastering that conversation because I don't think it's something that you automatically learn or pick up over because there's a thousand little nuances about how you can separate and differentiate yourself from your competition. Mm -hmm. But I think what you said is a blanket statement is so true because look, if you if you need to buy a hotel room, you can go to the Holiday Inn Express for $179 a night, or you can go to the Ritz Carlton for $997 a night. So what's the difference? They're both giving you a bed, they're both giving you a room, they're both giving you access to a shower. But mm -hmm. the experience and the the takeaway from going to a Ritz Carlton, that's really what you're paying eight hundred dollars more for per night. You're you're going there and enjoying that experience of people remembering your name throughout the whole hotel. The receptionist at the Holiday Inn doesn't care about your name. You, you have towels all over the place for a Ritz-Carlton, people waiting on you. You have the ability to tell your friends you stayed at a Ritz-Carlton, right? I mean, nobody bragged about the last trip that they stayed at a Holiday Inn Express, right? So that experience, I think, is something that we could all do a better job at with our business. And again, that relates to you can design somebody an outdoor patio or you can design them an outdoor living space where they can wine, dine, and entertain and mm -hmm. network with friends, family, relatives, and business associates, right? So sure, anybody can lay bricks in the ground, but 
to give somebody a world-class experience on their backyard patio for their, you know, daughter's, you know, wedding reception. That's, that's a completely, completely different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be positioning yourself as a premium provider. And that does mean that you have to provide like all of the examples you gave of what differentiates a Ritz Carlton from La Quinta or whatever is that that service level is there. And so if you're trying to ask for a premium price and the service level doesn't match that, you're going to end up having problems. But if the service level matches the premiumness of the price, then you're going to be, you know, doing just fine. I was just going to add really quick. I think the guy who started Louis Vuitton and, you know, the whole holding company, the parent company, he said luxury profits are in luxury goods. And I always think about that with our lawn and landscaping business. Okay. We're not really in the, the luxury good business with <laughs> mowing grass, but you can have a luxury experience, right? Which, you know, not having the customer have to call you because you missed something making the ability to pay their bill or not even have to worry about paying their bill because you charge card their file, mm -hmm. charge card their card on file. Like those are an experience that you can make your business and differentiate it that much better. And so, yeah, I, I absolutely love what you're saying, brother. Yeah. Kind of the next thing here is just kind of quickly, how do you find the right price for your services? Simply, you just have to understand your overhead costs. You have to understand the profit margin you're desiring. And then you have to look at what it's going to cost you to produce that service. And then that's where you're going to have your profit margin realized. Like people yeah. way overcomplicate this. If it's $40 to mow and you have $18 in overhead and there's $22 left over, and then you have to get taxed on that and pay payroll and salaries and all that other mess. Well, you're going to make, you know, net $10 a lawn. Like it's really that simple. If you buy a $30 Yeti mug, it costs $7 to make it. A bunch of people marked it up along the way. They sell it for 30 bucks at Dick's Sporting Goods. Like they want to make a 22% margin on that thing. Everybody knows their numbers about what their product or service costs. And so mm -hmm. I think the whole like knowing your numbers thing really just means, you know, be intentional about your pricing. One, one thing that's alarming to me, short, short, long is why is everybody at 40, 45, 50, 55, 60s and 80s for their long cuts? I, I've never bought a consumer good that's 40, 45, 50 or $55. <laughs> yeah. I've always bought, I bought a Yeti that was 31.97. I bought a t-shirt that was 25.82. Like those are real numbers. Those are tangible prices because they understand the cost of their business, the cost of their goods and the profit they want to make. So again, we all do it. I, I'm, I sit on this one too, but so just blanket statement mold on for 45 bucks. Why is it not $47 and 32 cents? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think one other thing to look at here is to track your conversion rate from quote to close and see what that looks like. And if it is crazy high, if you're closing, like I see guys brag about numbers, like, oh, I'm such a good salesman. I close 80% of the people that we talk to. And it's like, bro, your prices are too low. If 80% of people see you and decide that you're a mark and to take advantage of that deal, like you need where, what is your target for that conversion rate from like quote to. You know, I don't really track a conversion rate on that. I don't think mm -hmm. that's something that I think, you know, I, I don't want to speak out of line. Everybody's got their own opinion on that topic. I think you need to hit the revenue you need to make Mm -hmm. to have the profit that you want to have in your company. And whether you have a hard, maybe you have a hard sell, maybe you have a high ticket offer, maybe you're selling $50,000 landscape patios, maybe you're selling half a million dollar landscape patios. If you have a 1% conversion or a 100% conversion, it's almost irrelevant. Like, because I mean, 
if am I successful with a 1% conversion if I sell a million dollar patio and I only sell five a year? Like what quantifies somebody to be more or less successful with their conversion rate? Mm -hmm. Perhaps I'm only trying to close 1% of my clientele that we market to for a million dollar patio because for the love of God, who's in the market for a $1 million backyard patio, more, yeah. more people than you think. But if somebody said to me that their conversion rate is 30% on 30 grand patios and somebody's got a conversion rate of 10% on $300,000 patios, like, I don't know. I just find that, that conversation to be so variable that it's almost irrelevant. I think what you really need to do is run a real business, know your numbers, and create the profit that you're, you need to do and backfill however that works. Is there better ways to get better conversion? Sure. There's a thousand sales books on that for... And again, you can master that for the next decade too. But hmm. I think at the end of the day, you're trying to generate revenue. And so closing all of your sales, you're probably too low on pricing, blanket statement. Not closing any of your sales, you're probably too high on your pricing. There's yeah. a sweet spot that's going to come from trial and But you, know, you don't need to make a square peg fit into a round hole either. Gotcha. Yeah. I think at the very least, it's a like canary in the coal mine for either extreme, like sure. you just said, where if it's 0% or 100%, there's a problem, but you don't necessarily need a like pinned number as like we're trying to hit 63%. Mm -hmm. That is definitely something that like my marketing brain keys in on because like that is how corporate marketing always works is like, oh, we're trying to hit you know, this percentage of people hit this landing page and then this percentage of people actually requests a quote. And so like, I'm kind of wired to look for, well, we've got to be tracking that at every layer of the funnel. And it is helpful to like figure out in a campaign, okay, where are people not caring about us anymore? Because that will be like, oh, there's a problem here. Okay, Absolutely. let's talk about when we should not raise prices. What are the indicators that we've like, we're locked into the correct place? I think I already know your answer to this. Yeah. I mean, when they stop printing money, you can stop raising your prices. Yeah. Yeah. If you the, know... The, the real... Yeah. I mean, the reality is like business has a certain finite cost to it. I don't think costs ever go. So you have to raise rates accordingly, maybe not as aggressively sometimes, or maybe you offer incentives or discounts for sales. That's mm -hmm. a typical part of your tool belt, depending on where the economy, broadly speaking, could be. But... I've never seen anything become less expensive, right? Yeah. Like anything. The only thing that's actually like done pretty well over the last like 30 or 40 years is gas. And people are like, oh, gas is $4 a gallon or whatever. But like, if you actually look at like where it should be at like eight, nine, 12 bucks a gallon, like all things considered, your gas is actually cheaper today than it was 25 years ago, <laughs> mm -hmm. even though you're paying more per gallon. But if you look at the actual cost of it, but again, these are just things that people say that, they haven't spent any time quantifying, but for me, I, I don't have any philosophy of not raising rates or not raising prices. You know, again, tell me anything that doesn't go up in price, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. This is kind of a thing that I have talked about for, for years now. I talked about this at my like last job. It's a thing I picked up from the Jonathan Potoshnik, the lawn care millionaire on like when you're going to do like an across the board price raise the sort of the testing strategy that he recommended was to kind of like single out your worst performing clients. Like this is also a thing for guys who have like maybe messed up their pricing and they realize they're losing money on jobs. Like you would never show up to somebody's house and pay them $5 to mow their lawn. But if you sure. are losing money on the job, that is what you're doing. Like the money's going into, you know, an employee's pocket or wherever, you know, that, that loss is coming in. 
So I always tell people like, test your price increase on those clients who are already unprofitable or like the biggest complainers, like the people who make the most work and see how it goes with them before you go to everyone. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great way to, I mean, if, if you don't need those clients, for example, anyway, then why not start with them? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If they say yes, good. If they go away, you stop losing money. So either way, it's a, it's a win. Okay. This kind of gets into the, you know, we're kind of starting on emotion, coming back to emotion. How do you tell clients that you're raising prices without upsetting them? Honesty is what I've always found to be the best policy with almost anything I do in business. I mean, Mm -hmm. just to be honest. So like, I don't think it's an inappropriate conversation to have when you say, Hey, Tom, just looking to, you know, renew service. Um, excited about taking care of the lawn again for you this year. Last year, the price was 38 bucks. We went up two bucks to $40 this year just because of the cost of business and the cost of living increase. But nonetheless, we're super excited about taking you on as a client and uh, we hope we can provide service. And if he says, Hey, I noticed the price went up two bucks. What's going on? You say, Well, you know, of course, we have to pay for salaries, the cost of equipment fuel, insurance, a variety of other, you know, expenses. But you know, it's just the cost of doing business. Things just go up in price and, you know, apologies, but uh, it's all we can do and I'm glad it's only $2 instead of $4. And you know, I mean, I think I think what where people struggle with this is realizing that it's okay to defend and stick up for yourself and run a real I mean, I I struggled with this for a long time that I didn't feel worthy of charging one, the appropriate price, but number two, raising rates. I was very afraid of people leaving me, canceling me, finding somebody else. What I've come to find is that, talk about that closing rate, I was the closing 100% of my sales guy. So the writing was already on the wall. It actually would have did me a better service not continuing to cut these people's lawns because not only was I A, probably doing it for free, B, I was probably paying to do it. So I don't know if anybody can relate with that, but you shouldn't feel guilty about raising your prices, You know, creating a, a, a strong profit margin. There's not a single thing again around us that hasn't went up in prices. You know, it's shocking to me that we are either A, vilified or B, apologetic about raising our rates 5, 10% when the cost of lumber went up 350%. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I understand that people. Nobody vilify. at Home Depot apologized to me when I had to buy a $12 no. two by four. No, no, dude. Yeah. 65 bucks for OSB or whatever. Home Depot was like, Hey man, we're so sorry. We'll discount it. Or uh, we'll give you two free, buy a piece of plywood. We'll give, we'll give, we'll give you two free pieces of a two by four. Mm-hmm. But when, and, and I get it. It's a challenge because the customers are used to our industry, by the way, happens in all service industries. So people are like, think that they're the victim in lawn care. It's, it's all industry, but people are like, you know, you're raising your bucks, two bucks. Yes. You're going to get chastised for it. But your core customers will get it. They'll understand it. They'll want to support you. In fact, the people that give you a hard time are probably a, a good indicator of people that you might need to evaluate if you want to continue service with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially if someone's calling to to quibble with you over a $2 price increase on their weekly mo, that's going to come out to like 8 bucks a month. They're probably the kind of person who's out with a ruler checking the grass after it's cut to make sure it's the exact right height. Like... Well, they're also the person that just bought the new 65-inch Samsung LED flat panel TV and spent 750 bucks on that. Like the reality is like if somebody's complaining about the extra $2 per cost because it's going to ruin their budget, I would assure you it's not the extra, you know, $55 a year like you just said Cody. 
to have their lawn maintained. It's probably a bunch of other bad lifestyle choices and financial choices that is causing them to no longer be able to afford you. And you're probably shining a light on like their irresponsibility or irresponsibleness of how they spend their money elsewhere on wants versus taking care of the needs, if that makes yeah. sense. So yeah, Definitely. it's 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 a head game. It's it's a head game. It can work on you, especially if you're a newer business owner, but don't don't be apologetic for anything you do, anything you charge ever. Yeah. And then just kind of last question. Do you evaluate your pricing every year? 100%. Yeah. Again, that kind of goes full circle to what we were talking about a minute ago, but you have to. I mean, <clears throat> you want to pay your guys more? I forget what it is, but it's like wage. The wage, there's a technical term for it, but like wages have increased, but not at the same rate as the cost of inflation. So mm-hmm. wage increase was like 5%, but inflation was, you know, 8 or 12%. So even though you gave your people a 3% cost of living increase, they're going backwards at the tune of whatever, 5%, whatever it is. Uh, so it's not necessarily your responsibility to keep up with actual inflation as an employer. However, you don't want to see your guys become more poor. And you also want to make sure that they're able to keep up at least baseline with you know the cost of living increase at a minimum. You'd like them right? to continue so, living in the same place, not have to like retreat back. Yeah, kind of 100%. Yeah. So like, and I want to give my guys 10% raises year over year or 15% year over year, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, you can't do that. And by the way, that has to be earned. It can't just be a frivolous, here's two extra bucks. I mean, there's a cost of living increase, but that's that's not the different. That's not the same thing as a raise, you know, like mm-hmm. for taking on more responsibility for more production for more whatever, right? So those prices have to go up to be able to sustain the the machine. I mean, my insurance went up a couple hundred bucks on one of my policies out of nowhere, I said, what changed? And it, and she goes, oh, it's just a it's just a price adjustment. It's a price change. It, it is what it is. We had no claims. We weren't bad people. We weren't evil people. We're just regular rank and file peasantry over here. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, why is that? Why do I not have to pay like two or $300 more per year for my insurance? Like, by the way, as a business owner, you don't pay for your cost like that. Your customers pay for that cost. Mm-hmm. I'm not making less margin because my insurance went up, I have to pass that cost along to my customer. Yeah. Right. So it sucks because now everybody has to get their price raised by a dollar, but it's just a, it's a wage, wage inflation spiral or whatever they call it. And so between the overhead costs going up and the labor rates going up and wanting to bless your guys more costs naturally have to go up. And by the way, Half of that conversation, a whole nother conversation for a whole nother time. Half of it isn't anything you're doing. It's what your government's doing to devalue the currency. So, you know, I, I'm not charging <laughs> more. What we're making is making me less because they're devaluing the currency by printing the printing machine forever. So so if you don't raise your rates five, eight, ten, twelve percent per year, you're literally by defaultly going to be more poor. Just yeah. flat out. A, a great analogy, really quick analogy, really helped me out. If somebody said this once was, if you're like in an airplane, and I don't know like ground speed, airspeed, right? But if like if your plane's going 125 miles an hour forward, but the airspeed is knocking you back 135 miles an hour backwards, like you're drifting backwards, even though your engines yeah. are blaring, like you're you're going crazy with the engines, but you're actually going backwards, and so you have to charge not only the appropriate price but a profitable price to be able to make headwind, to make headway. Yeah. 
hundred percent. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. So excited that you're here. If people want to find you online, I think probably most of our listeners know who you are, but uh, if they want to find you online, where can they find you? Yeah, really simply, Brian's Law Maintenance on YouTube, the Fullerton Unfiltered podcast, and then we have a training website called Entrepreneur Academy. But if you guys ever have any questions, comments, want to shoot me a DM on Instagram or an email, say, hey, anytime. We're here for you guys. We we spent 11 years messing this thing up in the last four or five years, kind of right in the ship. We don't have it all figured out by any stretch of the imagination. We figured out how to make it work for us though. And I think we can help you guys with growing a more successful lawn and landscaping business. So Cody, absolutely appreciate the time, man. Hopefully this was helpful for a couple of people out there. Yeah, I think so. All right, man. We'll see you next week, guys.